What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right, it's creeping toward the new year, and Scott Ritchie is going to take a couple days off this week, but you know what? He's at home in Eureka data diving, trying to figure out how Io DeSumo is going to be his national player of the year. Guess what? He kind of is at this time. And it's a hard thing to dispute. You know, Io's averaging 24.7 rebounds, 5 assists. His shooting percentages are all you know, top-notch. I mean, how could you not consider the Illinois guard a player of the year contender? All right, Richie has a lot of Illinois basketball to talk about, from the win over Indiana to the game against Purdue to how Iowa is going to stack up, even in the NBA draft. This week's Inside Illini Basketball podcast, come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money radio show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Pia Sports Bar and Grill presents Inside Illini Basketball. Pia Sports Bar is the number one Illini sports enthusiast bar in Champaign, hosting bus shuttles to all Illini basketball home games, serving up the best wings, beers, never-ending nachos, and mouth-watering burgers. Come visit Pia Sports Bar and Grill and try our famous Grand Slam burger while watching your favorite game. Pia Sports Bar and Grill is located at 1609 West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. Come be a part of the party at Pia's. Good Monday morning, everyone. It's gloomy here in Champaign-Urbana, outside, but it's beautiful where Scott Ritchie is at. And where is that, Scott? Well, I mean, it's always nice to be home in Eureka, mm-hmm. but it's uh, no less gloomy, unfortunately. Scott Ritchie, and like he said, his beautiful hometown of Eureka for a spell. Celebrate the new year, ring it in at the, at the KZ's. Celebrated another fantastic year of basketball coverage, a fantastic year of basketball for Illinois. How about that, Scott? Yeah, the the, <laughs> the 2020 part was pretty good. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the, the the 2019 part of the 2019-2020 season wasn't terrific, but I mean, Illinois played its way into you know, contending, really, for a Big Ten championship last season. You know, they were 
not eliminated from that race going into the final week of the year and would have been in the NCAA tournament had it been played. Um, and now, I mean, not a top 10 team currently, but uh, just got two good wins to you know, round out 2020 and uh, head into 2021 as a top 15 team in the country, which I think, uh, I think Illinois fans, the Illinois basketball team, they should be happy with. All right, Scott Ritchie, voting member of the AP Top 25. It is Monday morning, so you had to submit a ballot. Last week you caught a little guff for dropping Illinois as far as you did. Spill the beans about this week's. Well, I imagine Illinois fan base should be a little happier with me, maybe. I mean, I won't speak for them, but um, Illinois did wind up at number 15 in the poll when it you know, dropped uh, 13 minutes ago, now that it's 11-13. And I had Illinois at 14, so one spot higher. So there you go. I've made amends, perhaps. It's about time, Richie. I'm seeing the protesters disperse as we speak outside the front window here on Devonshire. They're no well, longer they mad. There, since I'm, 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 not, I'm not there, so I, <laughs> they can protest all they want. I think you're inside with mean, lettered Richie signs. Go back home, Richie. I'm reading one right now. Well, <laughs> they got their wish then. How about Iowa is another one. Would you rank them fourth, says the sign I'm reading no. right now. No. <laughs> uh, someone needs to go out there with a Sharpie and fix that one. Um, I sent Iowa tumbling mm-hmm. down the pole. How far? Um, they wound up at number They wound up at number 10 in the official poll. Um, I had them at 16 because I had to work in Minnesota ahead of them because the Gophers just beat Iowa and – I mean, I have a stretch of 13 through 17. It's all Big Ten teams. Um, so that required a little. I mean, it worked out simply. Rutgers is ahead of Illinois, who's ahead of Minnesota, who's ahead of Iowa. And then uh, the new Big Ten overlords, Northwestern, made their debut at number 17 on my ballot and um, number 19 overall in the poll. I don't even really know where to start. I, we could start with Indiana, Illinois. We'll get to that. But let's, like you said, let's touch on uh, some Big Ten news. All right, so the guy from Iowa make, uh, butchers two free throws. He makes one of those two. Is Iowa still your top five team in your poll, or did their performance bamboozle you? Well, I mean, I might have shifted them around, but I wouldn't have dropped them nearly as far if they would have won. But, you know, they kind of choked it there at the end. And it's that game against Minnesota shined a light on what is – going to be Iowa's problem moving forward the rest of the year is they have, you know, some issues on the defensive end. Yeah, they have the number two offense in the country. They're great offensively for the most part, except for many of those free throws, but their defense barely cracks the top 100. I mean, that's just, that's not good enough, really. I mean, their offense will keep them in games. Their defense will lose them those same games, just like, yeah, the Minnesota game. All right, well, not a good night for the Hawkeyes. What a crazy story this Northwestern team has become. You know, they shocked Michigan State last Sunday. That was, you know, okay. Then they they take down the Hoosiers in Bloomington, and then they rally late against the Buckeyes. Are they really good? 
I mean, maybe. I, I really don't know because before that three-game stretch, Northwestern had played and beaten Arkansas Pine Bluff and Chicago State, two of the worst teams in the country. And Chicago State's not – I mean, they canceled their season. They're done. And that, I think that's more just related to all of the the other issues that they were having. You know, of course, you know, Coach Lance Irvin you know, opted out of the season just because – as a two-time cancer survivor, it was a smart move to make. But then you know, their coaching staff had some more turnover, like within the first week. You know, a bunch of their players were out because of COVID. So they just shut the door. Those were the best two wins for Northwestern early in the season. They blew their Big Ten ACC Challenge game against Pittsburgh at home. Played Quincy to get a game, I guess. I mean, so it doesn't really count. It's a Division two school. And then they turn around and start 3-0 and in the Big Ten for the first time, I think, since like the mid-60s, if I remember reading that correctly. Um, and they played well in those three games. So I, I have no idea how to judge this Northwestern team. Well, it makes the February 16th game more interesting, I would think, for Illinois. And the January 7th game more interesting for Illinois. That's two games that... Maybe a month ago, you're like, oh, wow, that's, those are those are two dubs. But now. Yeah, might as well sharpie those ones. And yeah, it, and you know, January 7th will be at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and that will be different because in normal year, more Illinois fans show up in Evanston than Northwestern fans. Um, now there'll be no fans, of course. Um, so... It was Northwestern plays like it, it has through these last three games. I mean, there's no telling, you know, how that game might turn out. I think Illinois has more talent overall, but that hasn't seemed to stop the Wildcats for three games in a row, where I would say they had just less talent overall than Michigan State, Indiana, Ohio State, and beat them all. All right, story of the year so far. Uh, Illinois bouncing back strong. Against Indiana, were you ever nervous? Hello, Scott. I mean, maybe maybe when Illinois missed what its first seven or eight shots, it wasn't looking great. But Indiana wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire offensively either. Um, but no, I mean, once it got to the, the halfway point in the the second half, the midpoint there, it was a two point game, and then. I assume just did what he does, and he took over. He scored 18 points in the last 10 minutes of that game. So when your team has that kind of player, I think that sort of negates maybe any worry the fan base should have because I just went to work, and they won a different type of game than they did against Penn State earlier in the week, which now is a run-and-gun shootout, you know, offensive juggernaut at Illinois, and then you know they score 98 points in that game and then just score 69 to beat Indiana in a much slower-tempo game, you know, much more physical, maybe just more reminiscent of the, the Big Ten of old. On the TV against the Penn State game, the analysts called an open gym had broken out. That was about right at some point in the second half. Little defense being played. Yeah. Fun to watch. Certainly. Yeah, because they were just kind of trading buckets back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which, you know, at some point you'd probably like to see a little defense, but I don't mind 98-81 games. All right, Scott Ritchie is in Eureka again. What'd you get for Christmas, Scotty? Oh, um, several sound, things. You sound pretty excited about it. Santa, Santa was <laughs> was pretty kind to me. Uh, we got some new books, which is always great to add to my collection. And I mean, top of the list, though, I got a, a rangefinder for use on the golf course and a new pair of Air Force Ones, all white with gold accents, which and they're just amazing. Mm. Did you get a new prediction uh, record uh, by chance from Santa to kind of fix the broken one that I see in the paper a couple times a week? I think I'm 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 seven and three. That's it's as good as Illinois. So I guess that's the, so the bar. They're it's top fifteen in the nation. So I'm a, I'm a top fifteen predictor nationally. All right, I'll accept that. That's how it works. Right? We're just used to top five predictors around here. Uh, uh, from, yeah. Okay. To, Paul Klee to Brett Dawson to Marcus Jackson to Jim Rosso, Jeff D'Alessio, even Bob Osmussen. All kind well, of top it's five. Like carried away. Okay, I shouldn't. Yeah, you caught me. <laughs> All right, what's the basketball team going to do um, this kind of nothing week? You got Purdue, is it? Coming Purdue up? on Saturday. Okay, but nothing before then, so just lying, lying around on the couch doing what? Well, there's a little bit of that. Um, so I guess it was starting yesterday, Sunday, today, and tomorrow, Tuesday, um, are off days. And those are mandated because they only played over the holiday. I mean, they had practice on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and then played the day after Christmas. So that's the place mandates that there's a, a three, three off days in the holiday week, so to speak. Um, so they're taking those now. Um, coaches can't do anything with them. Players can go in and get shots up, do their own workouts, but nothing organized. And then, so I guess it would be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday would just be the the prep for for Purdue. All right, Boilermakers, kind plenty, of like plenty of time, really. To... Sure, kind of like Northwestern, uh, in that they've surprised me just a tad. I know they're not. It's not as surprising as the Wildcats, but they've played some good ball. Beat Ohio State, right? Yeah, kind of gave Iowa a little game. Yeah, and they lost by fifteen eventually. Um, Yeah, Ohio State's their best win. Um, Probably their (laughs) most disappointing game was in again in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. They were up big on Miami and then just cratered in the second half. I mean, just gave that game away. It was sort of painful to watch, but um, you know, a lot of the same guys are back, except for Matt Harms for Purdue, but it seems like they're still trying to figure things out. Um, and, you know, for you know, the first part of the season, at least, you know, some of their best players were freshmen. You know, Brandon Newman, you know, six, five guard, out of Valparaiso, Indiana, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, he's played well. And then, of course, we've talked about him before, but Zach Eddy, their 7'4", 285-pound freshman center, and uh, he had a really good start to the year. 
playing maybe not Big Ten teams, he's not been quite as effective uh, in conference play um, at all. I mean, he had one point against Ohio State, three against Iowa, six against uh, Maryland. So you know, he's come back to earth a little bit, but uh, Newman's played well. And, you know, they have some talent, but uh, it's just, I don't know, hasn't clicked maybe like was expected. Back to Iowa real quick. Uh, you At the end of the season, we'll have your AP All-American team voting and such. Um, two questions for you, Scott Ritchie. Do you vote on a player of the year, A, and B, if that vote were to take place today, is Iowa your guy? Well, the answer to question A is yes. And uh, B... Maybe so. Um, I mean, it's hard to not look at what Luca Garza is doing because it just seems like no matter the situation, like he gets gets his numbers. Uh, but I don't know if there's been a lot of – I mean, it's just he's the same Luca Garza he was a year ago, a little better maybe. But Isles made a huge leap from his sophomore season to now. Um, I'd be tempted to to vote him player of the year. Like right now, as of Monday, December 28th. Of course, reserving the right to change my mind. One of five players averaging 20 points in the Big Ten. Kind of a loaded Big Ten so far, individually. But more... Yeah, a lot of- but his clutch play is probably what maybe separates him from uh, several of the other scorers. Yeah, well, and he is also doing it all. I mean, he's averaging 24 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, shooting 52% from the field, 44% from three-point range, which was, you know, obviously the big issue last year, and making him, you know, 80% of his free throws. So it's He's put together a National Player of the Year type season so far. I mean, I, I, I can't dispute that. All right. What are uh, Purdue and the like going to do about it? Uh, certainly they've been developing scouting reports uh, even before the season, but no one seems to have an answer. Is there an answer? Yeah, that's a fair question because when he is on – it's just, it's hard to keep him from attacking the basket, getting to the free throw line. You know, his shots obviously dropping at a higher rate from behind the arc. So, I mean, he's a tough guard. Um, but I guess kind of looking at maybe what Minnesota did. I mean, he didn't need to score a lot in that game, so it's probably not the best example, but I mean, he had 10 points on 14 shots, which is a, you know, a great you know, f- efficiency night. Um, it's mostly you know, stopping him from getting in a lane is probably your best bet, and then contesting you know, shots, and I think it's hope and prayer that that works. Scott Ritchie, uh, live from Eureka, where apparently he's hung over at Bond, his, uh, or we've woken you up. Uh, maybe from a long, uh, from a, a bender, from a Sunday night bender. Where do you go for those in Eureka, Scotty? Nowhere. 
It was more of a long winter's nap. How about that? Scott Ritchie, as always. Biscuits and gravy for breakfast. Uh, Oh, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Um, Anything new on the uh, starting lineup front? I saw there were several uh, social media types saying, now's the time to pull the plug, get that other freshman in there. What do you think, Scotty? I mean, you could do that. I mean, there's nothing stopping Brett Underwood from putting Andre Cabello in the starting lineup and maybe bringing Adam Miller off the bench. But, you know, and Brett Underwood has said this ever since he got to Illinois, he likes to have production off the bench. And Andre Cabello is that guy right now. And I think that changes the dynamic of the bench if he's not, I mean, leading the quote-unquote second unit. Um, I'm not sure it's as productive. And also, does it matter if he's not starting? I mean, I I don't think it does. I mean, he played 30 minutes against Indiana and finished the game. He played 27 against Penn State and finished the game. Um, foul trouble limited him in you know, the three games before that, but... He's playing big minutes. He's usually on the floor at the end, and I think that's fine. All right. So I guess for me, the, the Brad Underwood camp, like it, it doesn't matter who starts. When it basically a seven-man rotation against the Hoosiers, I know Granison played a little more against Penn State. You wrote about his kind of energy effort against the Nittany Lions. Think he's got a, a regular spot now? Well, I think he's past Coleman Hawkins again. Um, and that was sort of the way it was at the beginning of the season. And then Hawkins played pretty well. I mean, just in his role, which is small. But uh, I think this was probably the order it was supposed to be with the more veteran, more veteran guy getting the the playing time. You know, at this point of the season. Um, yeah, I mean. All Illinois really needs from Jacob Grandison is for him to rebound, um, play good defense, make a hustle play or two, and then maybe knock down a couple shots if he's open. Like he doesn't have to be like a huge, doesn't have to be the guy because they've got the guys. Their names are Iota Sumo and Kofi Coburn and then Andre Cabello, Trent Frazier, etc. So just play your role, and he did that really well against Penn State, and you know, if he would have maybe knocked down a couple shots against Indiana, that set line would look a little different. All right, Kofi, on a roll, just like uh, Io, have you, I know you're a big NBA draft guy, Scott Ritchie. A couple of folks saying Io's a top 10 pick all of a sudden. Give me their latest on both people, those guys. I don't know. I mean, people are, I guess, saying that, but I don't think there's any mock draft right now that has why is that Iowa higher than the bottom of the first round? Well, I don't understand. Good question, and it, it, it is tough to understand because uh, he obviously his numbers are great. He's improved the one area I think that was holding him back a year ago, which is the three point shooting, and I mean, we're talking a huge jump percentage wise, and I mean that that run he made in the last 10 minutes against Indiana. I mean, he hit four threes. So he's done what he, I think, quote-unquote, needed to do. Uh, the only problem 
is you've gotten older. And that's uh, just sort of the, the nature of the draft. Is teams are looking at the 19, 18, 19 year olds that they can mold themselves. And they're more interested in that than the 20, 21 year olds. Uh, and I was young for his class. That I think helps him a little bit. But there's a lot of potential one and done types in this current freshman class that are going to really load up the top of the draft, which is kind of just how it's been for years now. And uh, that pushes guys like IO down just sort of the way it is. And maybe it doesn't, doesn't or shouldn't be like that, but it's kind of just how it's gone. All right, Scott Ritchie, um, big new year's Eve plans. Is that no or yes? Do I, do I know? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I'd, I guess that. <laughs> anyway. Maybe, maybe in a normal year, yeah, but yeah. All right. Well, Illinois enters the new year kind of where we expected them, uh, maybe a little lower, um, you know, maybe one less loss or two less losses. The Missouri and Rutgers game still kind of sting. Baylor, I can accept. The new year, Scott Ritchie, is going to bring Illinois what? A Big Ten title? A Final Four berth? None of the above? Tell me. Yeah, well, I think I think predicting who's going to win this Big Ten at the end of December is a fool's errand. Because, I mean, Northwestern leads the conference right now. That I don't think that's sustainable, but... Uh, you never know, apparently, because they've you know, played pretty well in those few games. But uh, Illinois will contend for a Big Ten title, certainly. And when you do that, I mean, you're looking at top four seed in the NCAA tournament, most likely. And, yeah, I think they, I think they have a team that can make a run to the Final Four. Um, it's just it's too soon to say for certain about any of that. But the pieces are there to have a really good season. And it's been a pretty good season so far. But uh, I think there's there's room to be even better. And the Big Ten will, will allow that. I mean, it's not going to be easy, but if you win at a decently high clip of the Big Ten, like that sets you up to be one of the more competitive teams in the country. And the Big Ten leaders might have a few more losses than, say, you know, the Baylors and Villanovas and whoever's of the world just because they beat up on each other a little more in conference play, but they're uh, fine-tuned, I think, for you know the NCAA tournament at that point. All right, just because you're... won a title in 20 years, but, you know, we'll see. Just because you're in your Scooby-Doo PJs and riding around that John Deere toy tractor you got for Christmas doesn't mean I'm going to let you off the hook giving me your top three Illini in your, in your weekly power poll. I can guess one and two pretty much every week. It's number three that continues to surprise me. And I know it's, I think you had DeMonte third last week, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that might change this week. Yeah, it'll change a little bit. And it's Andre Corbello in the number three spot right now behind Iowa and Kofi. And you know, he's a, uh, when he gets his fouling under control, like he has the last two games, 
They just had two at Penn State, zero against Indiana. Um, limits his turnovers, which he has, since he kind of had a, a little bit of a run of too many in the first few games of the year. Um, he can be really good, and I don't think he got any votes for preseason Big Ten freshman of the year that I can remember, and it'll be tough, I think, for him to win it just with the way Hunter Dickinson's playing at Michigan, but um, he's a contender for sure. Excellent stuff, Scotty. Again, uh, I know you're in Eureka where there's little access to computers, I understand. So I don't know if data well, is I a have. <laughs> I mean, I, I have mine, so I'm pretty okay in that regard. You have to plug it into your phone, your the rotary, to make it work? <laughs> is that how that – I just uh, I can't get a good feel. Believe it or not, <laughs> Wi-Fi made it to Eureka. <laughs> Do you want to dive into the data is what I'm – I'm asking, I guess, just a kind of a sympathy question because oh. I know you're so into numbers usually, but uh, maybe it's different now that you're home. Maybe you don't care about the stats and the deep dives. Well, considering it's a technically vacation, I don't mm. know that I care about the, the stats and the deep dive. Um, I think, you know, let's just go with a – let's go with an easy one. Okay. And that's uh, that's Io DeSumo. He's got a PER of twenty eight point eight this season. This will just show you how far he's grown in his Illinois career. And PER for those that maybe don't dial into the the advanced stats, it's just player efficiency rating. Maybe it's, it's a calculation of just you know how good you are. 28.8, it's pretty darn good. And if you look at his freshman year, 16.9, not bad for a freshman. 19.8 as a sophomore, and then just that huge, just a huge jump this year in terms of his efficiency, production, just ability to dominate games. So there you go. Well, your PER is is top ranked here at the News Gazette. I'll tell you that, Scott Rich. We're very appreciative of all of your hard work and excellent beat coverage and uh, glad to see it resuming in the new year right well and surprise uh, might be on vacation for most of this week there will still be Illinois basketball coverage in the pages of the news gazette thank goodness thank goodness that's great news all right scotty enjoy your week can't wait to see you back here at state farm center this weekend and uh can't wait to read you every morning, 6 a.m., IlliniHQ.com. Good morning, Illini Nation, even on vacation. Scotty, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year.